Welcome to Tales of the East End, episode 189, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof, Carol Riley. Happy International Women's Day, Gary, and listeners. Yes, it's Ladies' Night on the podcast, Prof. It's, it's actually today as we record International Women's Day. Uh, I was trying to release the show on the date, but sure, you can't win them all. No, you can't, but we'll have a, a special ladies' edition, and uh, we'll go straight into our sponsors, of course, and there's a credit. Ocean Electrical, fantastic guys, check them out, Google them, Google them all the way, because why, Prof, why are we going to Google them? Because they got your back. So, yeah, definitely check them out. And mention us. Make sure you mention us. You'll get something out of it, I'd imagine. For mentioning TFDs when you do get in touch with them. But, uh, yeah, this week we have the Richmond Park match report. Uh, another Friday defeat away from home. And we have a very special edition of the TFDs Hotline. It's an all-female fan episode. So, um, yeah, it is indeed ladies' night. Women only. Uh, yeah, it's been in, been in the works for a while. So, I was delighted to finally get to, uh, to do this. A uh, couple of people I asked were too shy, which is fair enough. It's not for everybody, but... The vast majority said yes, so... Yeah, uh, dived in with two feet. Yeah, lots of new voices in this podcast, so we got 13 women in total. Not all, or some fictional, <laughs> but uh, lucky 13. Excellent stuff. So, yeah, last week's show, Prof, we had no interviews. We still got one or two messages from the people who enjoyed it. And uh, Connor's Corner had our listeners on the deck. So, poor old Beardy. I think we'll have to give it a rest for a while. <laughs> well, some call that one our best ever. Uh Showed a couple of lads in work, and one of them just randomly came up to me and said, Carl, he didn't put whiskey in the kettle, did he? I was like, I believe he did, actually, yeah. He goes, did it not go on fire, though? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I don't even know. I don't know. Anyone ever put whiskey in the kettle? Yeah, Sounds like a good song, whiskey in the kettle. But sadly, I say this with a heavy heart, listeners. That was the last ever edition of Connor's Corner. It's been a wild ride, but look... All good things must come to an end. So rest in peace to Connor's corner. It's been a wild ride, like Pop said. But Neve McCabe loved the you big fatso chant that young Moya says instead of you fat bastard. And um, Neve said the little brother used to say hoops are faster instead of you fat <laughs> bastard. And it's great to hear the, the young minds going 90 and using their imagination. I'd like to see somebody put a list of these together, actually. Just a lot of... Things that are shelled at football matches tidied up to be silver for children. Yeah, they don't like. Apparently, it's not. It's not well thought of that one. I think it's a bit of crack. And um, with Muller, he had a suggestion for a great Tala headers, and he said he said Shep's back header against Bowles, and I couldn't find footage of this. This is one of my favourite ones. No, somebody, somebody put it in the chat. Yeah, and they put it in, and it's yeah. a it's brilliant. It's a brilliant header. Yeah. Oh, when I watched <clears> the back, yeah, absolute cracker, absolutely that top was. class. Also, got to mention was Mikey O'Connor in the 2017. Uh, cup semi-final I didn't watch it back now but I do I have a this is the Dundalk one yeah yeah it was a great header and, and that kept us in it and they went on to beat us an extra time yeah but that's far too that was a brilliant header great header yeah and as for you Gare has your life turned around it's since the last podcast a little bit better a little bit better I was expecting to be homeless but the way <laughs> things were going <laughs> we've smoothed things out it's getting better gradually but Jesus Christ I just want to put it behind me my favourite part was you saying that you were driving, you were thinking of taking a shortcut by the canal and then you were having like an inner monologue. You're like, Gar, what are you doing? Don't. There's, there's, a, there's don't. a river there. There's a fucking river there. There's bushes. <laughs> you don't know who's in there. That shit was real. No, couldn't do it. I was comparing you to your man in Final Destination. You're just like tying yourself to a chair so that death can't get you. Cotton wool, wrapped up in cotton wool. Um... Yeah, but we still haven't listened to the other Roddy podcast, but apparently in the Dundalk when he said Stephen Kenny shouldn't be the Oriole manager and the Oriole is a kip, so he uh, he stays controversial as ever. 
He just doesn't give a fuck, does he? No. Imagine going to the Dundalk podcast and saying that. It's brilliant. Oh, he uh, said that on the Dundalk yeah. podcast? <laughs> um, um, and just on that one, you're <clears throat> on your rental car, Gary, apparently we have an official car dealer sponsor now. We certainly do. Inclusive cars. Check them out. Absolutely top fellas. You have um, no shame, have you? No, not one <laughs> bit. Inclusive cars. Check it out for all Rovers fans. Yeah, bit of good news for the documentary. We got going again. Uh, we hadn't... We hadn't filmed. In oh, this is good. This has been a while. We hadn't filmed in quite a few weeks. So yeah, so finally got Bradzer done. Went up to to Rosedown, and of course Bradzer, being a Tada native, he was able to talk about the growth of Tada, That's what he saw when he was a kid and stuff, and then playing the first game, and ultimately you know winning the cup and the league as as a manager. So he he's uh, he's central to the story. Mm-hmm. And Gary, next door, in I, I was in Brazzers' office. Actually, the first time I've ever been there. He has an office. He has is an this office. in the roads, though. It is, Gary. Is this the same office that Mark Lynch that's plots the say. downfall of Bowes in? We were just we were doing the documentary, right? <laughs> and so Brazzers talking away, and next door, I just started hearing some laughter, maniacal and, laughter, and it sounded like some sort of secret operations, very dodgy. And I, I heard someone say, "Ha! They keep refreshing the page." Mark just sitting there plotting the demise <laughs> of Bose. Um Yeah, so unfortunately, um, we have some condolences to this show and rest in peace to Danny Lynch, a grey hoop and a Tala local, aka the man with the badge hat. And he was at our Player of the Year Awards, good friends with Paul, his son as well. I remember seeing him at the awards, I was very sad to read this. Absolutely, news. top, top, top hoops. And I, I, this one hit us for six, it really did. So uh, send out our condolences to the Lynch family and we really are sorry to hear about your loss. So this is Gary P and with the power of editing we have managed to insert some um, information about Dan the Man's funeral. So Dan the Man was a top top hoop like we spoke about already and uh, taken too soon. So there's a GoFundMe page so you can check our socials, you can check the Rovers chat, uh, go on to GoFundMe and type in Dan the Man. Um, so any anything you can offer, nothing is is too small. So t- please donate what you can uh, for a top top hoop. But yes, so the Tifty's hotline. We move on, and the questions are as follows, Prof. So what made you fall in love with Rovers? <coughs> um, I think it was the first the first game I ever went to. Um, I just remember are, are being. Are we allowed to answer this? Oh, we have to. We're yeah. not women. The Connick, yeah, the Connick Street. It was, on, it was on the Connachtry side, and I just thought to myself, "This is it. Look, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm, I'm here for good." Lost two one, but I just felt like this is this is what I need in my life. It was just amazing. Well, for me, actually, it wasn't it wasn't my first game because my first game was a two all draw with Dundalk and a man's debut. So <clears throat> I suppose it would be the first derby when Jason Byrne missed the penalty. Oh yes, and the noise in that stadium was unbelievable. And uh, then obviously there was a title race the following season, so I got to experience that early on in my Rovers following days. So it wasn't immediate for me; it was it was gradual. And uh, yeah, so yeah. number two, have you faced any challenges as a female supporter in the League of World from the beginning up until now? So regarding facilities, gender, stereotype, and anything like that. And what have Rovers and Tallaght Stadium done better than other clubs to welcome more women to the games? And what could the club improve on as well? You know, the ladies cover uh, a lot of ground in this question. Uh, so you'll hear some really interesting stuff from them on facilities yeah. and how 
there wasn't actually much really stereotyping was there and uh, that they talked about there was one or two which was encouraging to hear yeah a few bits a few bits yeah the usual there's been some uh, belligerent stewards at certain grounds but number three which player has been a stand up performer in Rovers first four or five games let's be Jack I think Gary O'Neill has been great um, I'm getting a lot of stick for saying that some people coming down hard on him yeah I think unnecessarily as well I think he's been good Jack has been good Um other than that, it's it's early days. I think it's early days. One of our callers just outright refused to answer this question because she felt there wasn't a standout performer, which is fair enough. But I think Jack, <clears throat> I think Jack is the only answer here. Yeah. Uh, what's pissing you off at the moment? Can be football related, football or non-football related. Uh, no thanks. I'm not going to answer this one, Prof, because everything is pissing me off. <laughs> well, I know the answer <laughs> to to this question for you but uh, it's not something you can say in the podcast you've already you already rang me yesterday oh, and oh, ranted about oh, oh. it let's just leave it on nepotism how about that <laughs> yeah what's pissing me off well work at the moment but uh, once I get home I kind of forget about it I don't care yeah. anymore so take a deep breath count to yeah. 10 it's not worth thinking about it's not worth your effort or your time um, football related I think I think the um, po- possibly the, the ever increasing What's what? What word could you say? Maybe uh, turning the game into like a, a money pit, really, like bigger clubs like that. Just it's all, it seems to be all about money nowadays, and you can't seem to enjoy a game of football without refer- referring back to the fact that it's all about money anymore. So I think the likes of like the likes of PSGs and your Real Madrids and things like that, like it seems to be just all about money, and I think the constant scrutiny of certain football teams as well is is unnecessary and I think they're constantly in the spotlight as well and it's kind of ruining football I think the lack of kind of real footballers as well in, in the likes of the Premiership and the likes of other, other leagues and they're quick I think apologies as well footballers apologies piss me off oh absolutely did you hear Roy Keane's rant it was brilliant the other day that was fantastic and my boots looking good is my hair yeah. alright I was like oh yeah guaranteed they'd be able to do apologies on Instagram the apologies really piss me off yeah. yeah now there's a couple of things that do piss me off at the minute favourite ever derby goal is plenty Greeners won to win in the rain with the Joey O'Brien celebration. The 1 0. Uh, Borkies, it wasn't a corner. Twigs, Brace, and Tala. Sheps, Header. Um, some really some really fucking good goals. Around the melee, always oh, scored a couple in, in, the, in the derby. I think another good one was Gary McCabe's in Daily Mount when the ball broke to him at the edge of the box and he just buried it and then he ran all around in front of the stand where yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good ones. I'm trying not to pick an obvious one. So, I can't even remember what Berkey's goal was like when we ended the hoodoo in Tala. But the feeling of that goal was amazing because yeah. it was so important in Tala. And then obviously the it wasn't the corner one. <coughs> and some older ones, yeah, like there was some there was some ones like the 4 nil. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, was yeah. That, was that 3-1? Yeah, Brando was there. Brando was in that one, yeah. Because there was another one McCabe scored in 3-1. That might have been the one out there. Yeah. Out Daily Mount, yeah. Yeah. It was actually, uh, I've very fond Trevor Clark. Of, uh, Trevor Clark's cutting in from oh, the inside. The, the arrow. The arrow. Yes. What a cracker that was. Do you know actually one of my favourite Daily Mount games was a League Cup win in 2014. Now, I doubt anybody will even remember this, but but it just had one of the funniest atmospheres in a long time. I just It was me, you and Al were there. And we just had great crack at what that game. What score was it? We, we won two 0 Dean Keddy scored. It was and just one of those kind of league cup game. It was like it was yeah. there for the crack type. It was thing, a semi final, so it was yeah. it was important enough, I suppose. Considering we didn't win anything back then, 
But um, yeah, our strikers were just terrible back then. <laughs> Kilduff wasn't scoring. Zaid wasn't Kilduff. scoring. Shepard wasn't scoring. And then in comes Dean Kelly and he scores in a derby and it was it was a great goal. Hmm. Um, so a Rovers fan Giggsy Han famously disgraced himself by wearing a Bose jersey on a stags and putting it all over Facebook could you be made to wear a Bose shirt on a hen night um, what would it take you to wear it any reason and any amount of time no no never move on well some people mentioned charity I mean you could possibly work some charity angle into it but no generally I can't think of any reason you could get me to put one on it's not happening it really isn't happening um, bonus question as well are you fine with the term who bet or should I go in the bin uh, it's officially in the bin I think after listening to the who bets or oh, there you go I just used it <laughs> I didn't um, after listening to ladies uh, who bet is in the bin it's on the list of hatred <laughs> <laughs> yeah a few say they don't mind it but um, I think yeah, the majority say put it in the bin put it in the bin so here we go this is part one with our first six ladies Hi lads, this is Africa Mali. Thanks so much for having me on the hotline. I fell in love with Rovers through my dad. He's followed them for 50 odd years and I just started going with him and became hooked. I just loved how accessible it was, loved going live games every week and yeah, started going and just haven't stopped. Challenges as a League of Ireland fan... I think there is a great sense of community within the League of Ireland and, and there is a mutual respect. You know, I have Pats and Shells fans within my family and we mightn't like the same teams. We might fight, argue points after matches and that, but there is kind of a mutual respect there. You know, we support the league, we support a team and I suppose there is challenges as a League of Ireland fan. The league still doesn't get the respect that it should get um you know I have friends plenty of friends that watch football none of them watch live football you offer them to come with you to the match to see the quality of it and very little uptake still kind of you know fighting for recognition I suppose I think all League of Ireland fans can feel that the only kind of gender stereotyping I've ever felt as a football fan um, has come from people that don't follow the league tend to feel a little bit threatened maybe that you know I go to live football every week they might feel kind of threatened that maybe I know that little bit more um, again they just they wouldn't be going to live football they'd be watching their football on telly and um, yeah I don't know I've, there is this kind of a threatening there and they don't seem to like, you know, they kind of tend to undermine what you say just because you are a girl that likes football, that kind of threatening. They just, you know, don't know what you're talking about. Um, Kind of derogatory comments like that. Only the other week I had a patient who, um, he wasn't even, I wasn't even speaking with him. He was just listening in on my conversation. Young enough guy as well. And uh, he told me to stop talking about the darts, stop talking about football girls don't like those things talk about things that girls actually like trying to undermine my opinion on everything and tell me if I don't know what I'm talking about and again that comes generally from people that are coming from outside the league and so it is kind of laughable I'm able it does kind of just go over my head but within the league itself I don't think I've ever felt 
kind of that being a woman going to the matches I've never felt inferior or anything like that um other challenges faced as a League of Ireland fan I suppose going to away matches facilities really do differ around the league and so being in an away end you know having to use port it's difficult for everyone I do think it is a bit more difficult for female fans though um but in general I do think the community within the league do kind of stick together we all kind of face the same challenges together Speaking of facilities, I think Tala, we're just so lucky to have it. It's a facility second to none and um, comfortable, clean surroundings. And yeah, just think we really fell on our feet with Tala Stadium. I think the introduction of female sanitary products there is just really, I can't even remember how long ago it was now because COVID, I've no sense of a timeline, but um, recently enough it's been brought in and it is very welcome move. I think all female uh, Rovers fans and away fans would uh, appreciate it. I've never felt though at Rovers that as a woman that I'm second best or that I'm not welcomed or, you know, that I think all Rovers fans are really welcoming and I've, I've never faced any issues. Standout players so far this year, uh, I'm going to go with Watson O'Neill. I think... They're just such solid midfielders. Gary O'Neill, such a worker. Both of them are. Dylan Watts with a great goal against Derry. But um, yeah, so far I think those two have been my standout. Favourite derby goal? I'm going to go with Graham Burke's wasn't even a corner goal. Just because it still pisses people off to this day. It was just such an unbelievable feeling being there and seeing it go in. Um, And then I think Gary Twig in the 3-0 with Atala. Um, celebrating in front of the Bose fans I think that will always bring up happy memories pissing me off at the moment I think like a lot of people the Ukrainian invasion is playing quite heavy on my mind kind of consumed all my thoughts and yeah it's upsetting it's angered me how helpless I feel towards it all but um, yeah I think like many other people it's kind of all I've been thinking of for the last few weeks could I be made wear a Bose shirt for any reason? I'm just going to go for a solid no on that one. <laughs> we can move on. The term hoopette wouldn't be a term that I would use. Don't particularly like it. Don't particularly hate it. I just kind of, yeah, just kind of nothing it. But um, yeah, it doesn't so much as bother me, really. Thanks for having me on, lads. Hi, lads. It's Emma Dunahoo here. Thanks for inviting me onto the hotline again. Um, I think... I think I fell in love with Rovers the day I jumped into the back of the car to go to the RDS. I think I was about 11 or 12. Um, it was, I think it was the Pats game, the first game in the RDS. I got, just got the bug. I don't remember anything about the match, which probably means it was the Pats game. Um, but also, like getting off school as a kid to go to replays during the day, or like especially that game where we hadn't scored in... In weeks, um, we played against Dundalk and Derek Tracy scored. I think that probably just hooked me in. And um, like with now, it's just loads of friends that I've made. Lots of different people that you get to talk to and know and see. So I think that's what made me fall in love with them. And it's just the whole family atmosphere that we have at the club. It's a dysfunctional family, but it's a family all the same. Um, with regards to challenges at games, uh, I think... Everyone's going to say the same thing. I think it's the facilities 
the toilets because obviously some of them don't have ladies facilities or I'm sure it's getting better but it's probably the only thing that I've come across um, with Rovers for female fans obviously they had that sanitary product uh, thing going on for the last couple of years and also we have a lot of female shirts don't know if that happens in other grounds but it's quite noticeable in Tala um, standout player this year so far has to be Jack I just you missed his corners and his passes and his deliveries while he was gone and I think it'll just bring more players into the game with him doing this um, at the minute what's pissing me off <laughs> is for three weeks I spent so much time on that healthy football league getting to the top of the table and then they just reset me back to zero the other day for the new season <laughs> I know there's worse things going on in the world but that's what's pissing me off um, my favourite derby goal had to be the Twiggy one versus Bowes when he turned Ken O'Man inside out and then got himself booked and fined and all sorts for celebrating in front of the Bowes fans but what else can you do it's definitely the best one I can remember and I think it was a few days before my 30th birthday so that just shows you how long ago it was uh, and with regards to Giggsy fair play to him uh, not a chance in high hell would I do it but it was going to get shared on social media whether he did it or not wasn't it so that's it's done now he's over it I'd say um, I have a sister actually who was married to a Bowes fan and a few years back she had a jersey day at work and the only jersey that would have been in the house was a Bowes jersey so she wore it but it took like a week for her to send me the picture of it so I didn't disown her quite but the picture still haunts me um, With regards to who bet um, I wouldn't use the phrase um, I know the girls years ago made a flag with the hoopets. Um, they were quite young at the time, not sure how they feel about it now. don't think it should go in the bin, I just think it should be up to people to decide whether or not they want to use it. And, uh, that's all for me, lads. Thanks very much again, and KOH. How are you lads? Gene O'Brien here in Portlaoise. What made me fall in love with Rowers? Uh, suppose you could say I was really born into it. My dad used to bring me up to Milltown as a young girl in the late 70s. And then my brother Brendan and his wife Paula used to take me every Sunday. We used to follow Rovers home and away all around the country. In fairness, it was brilliant. We were watching the, the great foreigner row team. So it was just brilliant, fantastic memories. Uh, what a great bunch of lads to be following around the country. That really started my love affair with the hoops. I'd also have to mention that my brother is Mick Cairn, so I never really stood a chance. Um, challenges as a female supporter, uh, stereotyping and facilities. I never really had any challenges going to see Rovers as a female. I suppose the, the first reaction you get when you tell somebody you're a Rovers fan is surprise, but I usually find people are more inquisitive than anything else and I never really found it to be uh, negative. Regarding facilities, <laughs> where do you start? I don't think things have much improved in, in the league since I started travelling to away grounds in the 80s and I'm being really honest. 
cork is quite good. I haven't been up to the new uh, Brandywell, so I can't comment on that. Waterford and Sligo are okay, but the vast majority of the other grounds are absolutely terrible. And uh, I suppose I'd have to give special mention to Dundalk. It really epitomises everything that's wrong in the league. It's just shocking. It's it's just a terrible place to go and watch a match. I suppose we're very lucky in Tala because we have obviously the best facilities. So that really helps attract and hopefully keep female fans. I'd love to see the club do more in relation to females being involved at board and staff level. And I really hope that's something that might improve soon. What player has impressed me so far this season? I think up until last Monday, it would have been very slim pickings. But then Jack Bourne had a, an inspired error. And he really is just one of the best players I think I've ever seen. And I've seen some good ones. Tyler winning uh, Robbie Gaffney, Pat Bourne, Joey and Doe. But I think if this guy sticks around, stays with us for another couple of seasons, he'll be the best by a mile. What's peeing me off at the moment? I hate when Sligo call themselves Rovers and calls us shams. It just wrecks me head. Alan Cawley's anti-Rovers bias. He just absolutely has no balance to anything he really says. It's just brutal. And your man in Russia, Vladimir Putin. What a horrible individual. My favourite derby goal. I suppose most people will go for probably Twiggy's brace in Tallinn, the first derby. But I'm going to go for a 2002 <laughs> FAI Cup semi-final. We'd been in the previous two Cup semi-finals and we'd lost both of them. So this was tour time lucky for us. We were up against a really, really good Bowes team that day. And I suppose, if I'm being honest, we didn't think we'd win. But uh, we won 2-0 and James Keddy got the second. And I remember watching the last, or not watching, walking around Talca for the last 10 minutes of that. Outside, up and down the ground. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch the game. I had to get out. I had to get away from it. It was one of the few highlights we had as exiles driving around Dublin, calling all sorts of places our home. We unfortunately went and lost the the final uh, to Derry, but uh, that was a fantastic day. It was just, it was kind of unexpected, and it was, it was a great day. Gigsy, 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 gigsy. <laughs> No, I could never see myself in a position where I'd end up wearing the uh, Bose jersey. And Giggsy really went for it. He ended up in the full kit, like in fairness. It didn't really suit you, Giggsy. Didn't suit you, buddy. Hooperette. Never really see myself as a Hooperette. Um, I don't mind the term. I've no problem with it. But uh, I just always see myself as a, as a Shamrock Rovers fan. So... I'd probably really put them, that one in the bin, lads, if, uh, if, I, if I ever could. Thanks for the invite and uh, keep on hooping. Jessica here. Um, my love for Rovers started um, from my mum. Her family is from, born and raised in the Milltown area, so I always heard great stories of matches and venues and everything and all in Milltown. And when I was old enough then, 
I started going to the games on my own, some games then with my cousin James and the love then followed from there. Um, only challenges I'd say I'd faced as a female fan would be the toilets. Um, port lose and the odd exception of I remember when we were moved to the away end in Tolka Park when we were using it there back in 05, 06 and we had to use a wall to go to the toilet with lads included and everything that one I'll never forget Tala well Tala actually has physical toilets um, a decent well lit and accessible stadium very approachable whether you're a home or away fan I'd find um, the one the memory of sticks out with one was coming back from Dundalk in 06 and walking down the side lane, no lights, no nothing, potholes everywhere was an absolute disaster. Tallow could improve mainly on the car park, getting out of there after matches uh, is a long haul. It's my standout player this season so far, um, Bishan Hoare, and not one probably expected to hear. I know his first two games weren't the best, but for me, um, against UCD, now he, I thought he was very good. He was covering parts of the pitch, both up and down the right wing in the first half. Now I thought he was, he thought he was pretty decent. Pissing me off at the moment. Well, how long have you got? <laughs> uh, no, nothing we're complaining about. Well, for the moment, anyway. Um, my favourite derby goal for me would be Gary Twig. Um, back in August 06, 2011. Not a big standout one either, but it was exceptional nonetheless. Uh, it was a 66 minute, I think it was a header. And um, what stood out better was actually that it was a first win for us in Daily Mountain, what felt like a long, long time and turned out to actually be an early birthday present for me, which made it every bit more sweet. Would I ever wear a Bose jersey? No, I don't think I could ever put one of them things near my skin. And I'd also like to think that friends of mine now not huge football fans so I don't think they'd curse me enough to to do that to me on my on my hands um who pet phrase no actually that one doesn't bother me the one that used to always get to me was uh was a rover's bird that one now nonetheless was 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 the annoying one um thanks guys hi lads how's it going Sharon here I fell in love with Shamrock Rovers from my very first game I attended. It was when we were tenants in Richmond Park and I just absolutely loved it. It was my first ever live football game and from there on in I was hooked. As the saying goes, once a hoop, always a hoop. I followed football and played football as a kid out in the street and tried to play in school. But at that time, girls weren't allowed to play football at school. Um, so I think we've come a really, really long way in society with that. Um, and Rovers as well, really welcome women. And it's great to see all ages of women attend matches from the volunteers to the supporters, uh, everyone going. And you can just really, really feel a great family atmosphere, you know, the faces, you're going up to tally, you're, you know, saying hello. It really, really is a family affair. Love it. Absolutely love it. And for our, for our own family, it's a big family affair as well. Um, I think Rovers, the league, the FAI really need to encourage young girls, especially teenagers, to play football, go to football games. 
Um, it can't be just done by one club going out and excelling against all the others. It's not fair on then all the lower, you know, clubs that maybe don't have enough volunteers or enough money behind them, that kind of thing. So I think as a collective, it really needs to be promoted and go on a health and well-being basis, mental health, having fun. Fun is the big thing. And got push on from there and really like piggyback off things like International Women's Day, you know, maybe do special events on those days. I don't know. Um, it, it, again, as I said, it should be really a collective from the league and the FAI to encourage it. Um, my favourite player at the moment is Gary O'Neill. I just think he's just a little dark horse and he, I really love watching him play. Um, but and another one probably would be Dylan, obviously. <laughs> my favourite derby goal has to be Twiggy's brace in 09 we against balls just just uh oh i remember the hugging the kissing the nearly crying when that second goal went in it was just something else so that's one that will always be very special um i'd probably wear a balls jersey if it was for to raise funds uh not for charity but for maybe volunteers um, but I'd have to be guaranteed that I was getting at least 100k to do so um, for probably reaching out helping homeless there are a bunch of volunteers that go into town every week and help out the homeless so uh, yeah I'd have to be guaranteed about 100k and then have a very long hot shower afterwards and only wear it for at least five minutes <laughs> um, I don't think the term who bet should I don't know. For me, it was never, never a thing. Who bet was never a thing for me. I think it actually encourages the divide of the men and women and, you know, what the girls know about football, all of that sort of thing. Um, but I, you know, again, as I said, it wasn't for me. If people want to use it, use it. But I, I think it shouldn't be. We're all football supporters at the end of the day. We're fans. We're all equal, absolutely equal. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. We are all there for our club and to support our team at that time. Uh, one thing that's really pissed me off at the minute is those so-called fans. I don't know. Are they fans? Um, it just really irking me that there is some people and they're abusing volunteers. They're abusing other fans. Uh, got this going on to the pitch crack like oh it just actually drives me mad and it's just cop on you know you're ruining it for everyone and a lot of people that go to games they've been there through the good the bad and the really really bad and it's not fair on them and just you know show a little respect to your fellow fans because nobody wants to see it. The club doesn't want to see it. And it's hard enough being a Shamrock Rovers fan sometimes. Don't give them more ammunition to bait us with. Hey, how's it going? Fiona Carton here. I've been going to Rovers matches with my family for as long as I can remember, from running onto the pitch after every match as a kid in the RDS, trying to get players' autographs, to now out in Tallis Stadium. So it's just always been part of me and my family's lives. I think one of the biggest challenges in League of Ireland has to be the facilities and some of the stadiums. Bathrooms have just constantly been an issue around the league, trudging from mini rivers of God knows what in the bathrooms of Tolka and Dalier. It's enough to put anyone off going there. In fairness, it's been a long time 
since I've been to either of those stadiums. So hopefully they've improved. But I know like people have stopped going to some of the away matches because the facilities are so shite. I find more generally, though, people just find it hard to believe that women actually like football and they're not just going because their partner's into it, that it's something they have an interest in themselves. It was great to see the club getting on board with On the Ball to provide tampons to Tal Stadium. I think just having re- such good facilities out there and a large stadium makes it a lot more inviting for women. There's You don't have to be mashed up in a shed with a load of mostly fellas if you don't want to. You can you have the options of the east and the west stand. You, there's family-friendly sections. Or if you want, you can be in the throws of the south stand. But it's whatever. It's on your terms. You don't have to do it just because that's the only f- section that's available to you. It also sounds simple, but having women working at the stadium gives a really good first impression that it's a space that women are welcome in, that you're not just entering a lad zone. And having the option to buy women's fits jerseys, more clubs should do it. It's great. I think including women and other minorities, for that matter, in the club's social media more would be great. When you scroll through Rover's Instagram at the moment, there's very, very few images of women that stand out or, you know, anything that's not just a shot from the crowd that's a load of men. Um, So I think if you see yourself in the social media, you're just more aware of it's a it's a place that you're welcome to go to. From the opening few matches this season, I think when Berkey's come off the bench, he's had a lot of fire on him and he's been great to watch. Hopefully we'll get to see him in the next few games and he'll get a few more goals for us. I'm pretty pissed off at all the crap with Rovers fans causing trouble wherever they go. Um, we say it's only a small minority, but it needs to be stamped out instead of just waved off that it's, oh, it's other fans, it's not us. But when we're going to match the second game of the season and we're invading the pitch or running to Waterford and setting off fireworks. It's, it's a lot of crap to be honest. And I think the club and the community need to stamp it out. Best ever Derby goal. I have a short memory, but it's got to be Greener's 93rd minute win. It's got to be. What's better than that? What would it take me to wear a Bose jersey? I get a lot of stick for moving to Inchicore and being a Pats fan for my family. So I'm not sure what, how I'd ever live that down if I wore Bose jersey. There'd have to be some sort of charity involved. Uh, I can't say I'm a big fan of the term who bet. It's a bit lame. I mean, got that 1920s kind of sound to it, but it's 2020, so it doesn't do it for me. So yeah, that was the ladies and some excellent and valid points coming from um, everybody. Let's, let's Can we not refer to her as the Wax sister? The Wax gets enough credit as it is for being super fan, doesn't he? So we'll have to refer to her by her actual name. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I thought Africa was quite interesting. I mentioned that only one or two kind of went into specific examples of gender stereotyping. And she said it mainly happens from outside the league. Which I thought was kind of cool that like League of Ireland supporters are very welcoming and they just look at they're kind of inclusive. Like we're all a big family once you support your team. Yeah, yeah. But it's more like Premier League fans looked at her a bit differently. I found that quite interesting. Um, Some really good and valid points put across by all the ladies. So 
Um, definitely, definitely fancy doing this one again, prof. Yeah, Emma Donahue, did you see her new tattoo? She has a great new tattoo on her arm. It's an outline of the league trophy. And down along the left and down on the on the right, there's the years we won the league. Jesus. And what was very clever about it, there's room for 2022 at the bottom. Smart move. So she can just add it in there. We'll be, uh, she should have kept that one for the podcast, the tattoo podcast, which we're still looking for people as well. If you're interested in getting a tattoo, we're going to be doing one live. I'm recording the show live soon enough, so let Tat- us know. Tattoo podcast part two. Um, the last uh, lady speaking there was Fiona, who has represented Ireland in women's international roller derby. This is badass, by the way. This is like roller derby. Very, very cool. And um, is wasn't there a movie made about that? Wasn't there like a Ben Stiller type movie made about it? Or am I thinking of the wrong thing? I don't know, I've not seen that movie. How do you get into roller derby? That's what I want to know. That's mad. Yeah. She said she saw, it was, I forget the name of it now, I was reading an interview she, interview she did on 42.e and she said she saw some, some film with Drew Barrymore in it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Possibly, yeah. And, uh, and then she said, oh, that looks like fun. So she goes from seeing a film to playing in the 2014 roller derby World Cup <laughs> in <laughs> Texas. Oh, Ireland's number nine. Roller Derby Supremo. Going to Texas to represent Ireland in the Roller Derby. Oh, that and, would be uh, great crack. I think it was one of her social media handles. She had a great uh, username. Malibru's Stacy. <laughs> Malibru's Stacy. <laughs> that is brilliant. Straight out of WWE. So we move on to the loss in Richmond Park. St. Pat's and Finner came back in and right back. Um, Prof, you hit the Patriots beforehand. I wasn't there long to be honest. I had I had a had a quick point. Um and uh Jammers full of the, full of full of hoops. Yeah, it was absolutely jammed. It was some good sing songs as well. Uh but I wanted to head off a bit early, get get into the posh seats gear. That's it, yeah. Um with that lovely big fucking pole in your way and you <laughs> where you chase you're you're going left to right trying to see the game. <laughs> or in your case trying to chase Kitty <laughs> and Brennan to your left and right. But yeah, so I was I wasn't um I wasn't sampling the Inchicore um, atmosphere gear, but I did hear on the grapevine that Dublin is alive. Dublin. <laughs> uh, so tell me this, Prof. Why was there no phone in? Pats are charging their own fans 20 euro against Rovers. Where was the phone in? Where was the the uproar? I didn't even know that until you said it. Yeah, because I was looking around. I was trying to get tickets last minute and I, uh, I ended up... I didn't get to this when I watched it on LOI. Part of the reason, part of my week from hell. Um, but I watched it on LOI uh, TV and... Um, surprised you still have a TV. Surprised <laughs> you didn't come in the living room and there was just a hole there where the TV was. You're fucking, you're doing them alone. You're jinxing me here. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was no no big uproar over that either. So, I mean, like I said, everybody just likes to stick the boot in when it comes to Roberts. But we had a big allocation sold out, 1150 and uh, in good voice as well. And, and the fourth half kicked off, prof. And just a quick note, on the morning of this game, right, so we're playing Pat's Rishon Park last Friday. On the morning of this game, people were putting texts in the chat looking for spares for the Bows game. Mm. Or actually, even the day before, Thursday. Mm. Crazy. Eight, eight days out. It is deadly. People were looking for spares for the Bows game. Well and truly sold out now as well. But we'll go on to the first half chances, Prof. And this game should have been dead and buried in 45 minutes. You Gaffney with a one-on-one in nearly the six-yard box. 
Keeper did well to save it. Should have been buried. You had a very, very good chance with Finn. Brilliant bit of play. Finn put in one-on-one. Good save again. Save. Uh, Danny got in behind the defence. Danny, got, did you see that pass from Jack, right? Watch that back. He hesitates at first. The run looks like it's gone. And then he still splits the defence. <laughs> he still splits them. It's absolutely unbelievable. And he puts him in on his left foot, side foot, and, side foot, and he should hit the target, probably should score. Those chances alone, man, we, we really should have put them to the sore in the first half. We really, really should have. I think only their only, note, only chance of note was uh, Best, how Mark we, Doyle hitting the side netting. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Like, it wasn't even that good, but I'm talking about when's the last time we played that one in Richmond? Like, it was a brilliant performance. First half, I thought, lovely, we keep playing like this, we'll fucking smash these. I thought the first 15 minutes was actually a great game in general. It was, yeah. it was frantic. I thought, oh, daddy, this is going to be a good I was game. loving it. So I was thinking, okay, keep things the way they are. Go out and just start again, and then we'll see what happens. But unfortunately, Chris Forrester, 55 minutes, probably... I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him score a header. So, decent enough delivery. You should not be winning headers. The opposition shouldn't be scoring from the six-yard box. A tap-in header. Um, I don't know what went wrong, but it was terrible. I saw that it was actually his first header since he came back to Pat. So, he's not exactly known for winning header, no. for scoring headers. It was, it was Darren Burns corner in. He was actually... Look, he, he was looking very dangerous to start the he, second half. You know what he's going to do, though. That's the thing. Mm. You know what you're going to do, but sometimes you can't stop it. He likes to cut in on his left. He has that. He's like I said before on another show. He's a very rovers type of player, <laughs> but he just cuts in and he's got a lethal left foot. Very, very good player. But we, yeah. we, we just couldn't. Like they, they scored, and then I just felt like they managed the game. They just managed to control us and keep it, keep everything in front of them. It just didn't click for us. We, did we have one ch- noteworthy chance? I don't think we did. In the second half, not right. I think Gaffney had like an acrobatic effort, uh, but it went over the bar. So, I mean, I would have liked to have seen us test the keeper we really in that didn't. second half. Considering he we can't didn't. kick snow off a fucking rope. Do you see the amount of times he miskicked the ball? Their keeper in the first oh, half. Oh, yeah, sure we were cheering every yeah. time. Every time he, the ball came back to him or for a kick out or something. <laughs> like that type cheering. of press. I thought that we could have pressed a little bit higher. Forced their defence into actually using him as an option. And then he's just going to fuck up again. Then you put more pressure on. And but, the fact that I couldn't believe they played that right back again. Yeah. The one the, We talked about it last week in the show. That shocking goal you can see. It was it Jack Scott? He actually it? got a bit of joy in the first half I thought. Yeah. But the fact, but when you see his name on the team, she don't. You're like, right, we can exploit this. But I reckon they were in his ear beforehand, saying, "You have a big performance here. I'm starting you again. After what happened, I'm starting you again. Don't let me down." <laughs> after what happened? After the, what happened? The worst defending of all time. Mm. What was the? How? What was the? Um, you're watching on TV, weren't you? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the view behind the goal. Uh, no, no roof on the. On the it, shed. it just looks Sunday league. Like it's. It doesn't look great. It doesn't yeah. look great. Like it's packed out and it looks. Fanways, it looks good, but like from a infrastructure perspective, it just doesn't look great. Like, yeah, the fans. One says the ball uh, went in that section, and the other way the, the fans play with it. Yeah, going, yeah. Way, way. And then someone knocked it over the wall. I seen the uh, lions as well. It went into the yeah. shed end invisible section, and they uh, actually, funnily enough, the commentator goes, "They're not getting that back." And just as they got another ball. To throw it, Lions got one in the face. They threw it and they got him right in the face. With really, it. yeah. Yeah, so um, we talked about the I subs. Was, I was looking up as well at the balconies up behind uh, that section. Of course, it's basically like a free season ticket up there. Yeah, it? it is now. Yeah, now yeah. the shed is gone. Yeah, but we broke coming over Danny as well, and Danny wasn't too happy. He's been hooked a couple of times now. 
he's so maybe is he usually the first one taken off? So he has been now. I don't, I don't. I'm not doing the sub stats, but well, Brazier came out and said he was taken off because of a knock. But then why would he react like that if it was a knock? I've actually never, like I say, I've never seen that before. I've seen straps, but the fact that he sort of like threw his arm. I know I think there was nothing much to it I mean he's pissed off at getting taken off he probably had a bad mm. game himself he's probably thinking this is not the way I wanted to start the season and maybe a couple of things coming mm. to the fore all coming together at once and he's getting angry about it I wouldn't look too much into it it was actually him and Glenn Cronin that were kind of Glenn was kind of Glenn's the main man for putting him to relax there yeah. but um, yeah but as soon as Berkey came on like you uh, look like a man possessed like he the first thing he did was like this great mazy dribble he beat about six players like it was deadly. Yeah, no, he is. He's very good to bring on, and we'll talk about our start 11s. I think he's off his place. He has in to the, in the team against Bowles. But um, but like you say, in the second half, they just managed us. But even now, like like we're about to talk about here, they went to a back five last ten minutes. They just they just tucked in nice and tight and compact, and they managed us. They just managed to like we were mm. just playing in front of them, whip a ball in, they'll head it out. What will play around the front of them? They'll defend it. Like it, it was just back to the wall stuff for them, and they did well. Oidmo coming on as well. Oidmo didn't really make much of a difference. Hard to come on and a couple of minutes left and just make a difference there in Richmond Park. But and often we were quite sloppy. Like there was there was too many misplaced passes at the wrong times. Um, yeah, but like we played there. Do you remember one of our last nil nil draws was in this ground a couple of years ago? Mm. They went down to ten men and all. And we like we laid siege to their goal, and we drew nil nil. I remember people giving out afterwards. But I think we played quite well that night. Certainly compared to this performance, yeah. I thought yeah. we looked like scoring that day, and we were quite unlucky. Whereas I didn't feel unlucky coming out of the ground after this match. Well, in the first half, in the I, second half, I, I was pissed off by the yeah. first half certainly because, yeah. like I said, we just didn't replicate that type of performance in the second half whatsoever. And oh, well, you're right, we should have scored in the first half. Like, what's the issue there? Do you know what I mean? What's the fucking issue? How, how can you not? I don't know. Listen, it's football. It's a crazy game, but um, like you you were saying, probably there was a barrage and just everything was getting cleared away, and they tucked in, had nice tight compact lines. Their midfield played well with their with their defense. It just didn't work for us. But we couldn't, we couldn't even break their back line, like. It's frustrating to lose the game on a set piece, and they did. They didn't do much in the game, did no, they, Pat? Nothing. Like, they managed us. They managed us. That's what it was. Where we, 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 we didn't bring our proper game to to Richmond Park. We didn't play well in the second half at all, and they just managed us. They controlled the game and saw it one 0 win. Simple as that. But then the worst came. Like I mean, we had a good position for a free kick, and then Jack. This one. What the, what was the bet you used to do, Prof? Over two point five balls into the Kamak. Oh, this one. This one was well and truly into the Kamak. Like, <laughs> it just—I don't know. Like, what was he doing? Was he shooting? Was he putting it in? I think shooting he... from there. How often do you see a goal go in from there? No, did you see the angle from behind? Mm. It looks like a cross to me. But this just summed up our night. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, Jack puts in the perfect ball. Never mind any good ball in. So for him to do that in injury time you're like fucking yeah. hell but like the performance overall like over 8 out of 10 the first half 5 out of 10 a second we just weren't good enough but Bradzer said don't hit the panic button yet and he's right he's 100% right it's a four series of games let's not go fucking nuts here hmm. we're all watching the league long enough to know that it's a it's a it's a marathon not a sprint I'm not too worried I was asked by somebody have we used up all our late goals oh god now well in fairness late goals I wouldn't even look into it I wouldn't even look into it but listen it's a bad result and we'll move on and it's we'll just try and regroup regroup and just 
find out what we did wrong and what we didn't do and implement with regard to the game plan and then move forward. We've made a slow enough start, I suppose, two away defeats to who are possibly our nearest challengers. But break it down. Break. We broke yeah. down what there he was. We break down yeah. any like Brad just said. Any other day, that game against Pats were training up in the first half. Do you know what I mean? So it's listen. It's, it's football. And that's how it happens. They they managed the game better than us in the second half. I wouldn't even say they were the better team. Yeah, no, we 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 have broken down why we lost the two games, but it's just it's it's quite mad. We're going into the fifth game of the season, and it's a derby, and we feel like we need to kickstart our season. Yeah, but here. we're still top of the league. Am I right? We're still top somehow. But um, I wouldn't worry too much. I've heard I heard some of the pundits at the start of the season talking about needing to keep the squad happy, and I kind of never paid attention to that because it's rearing its head now. Brazzer has done an amazing job yeah. balancing the egos in this in this squad the last few years. This is the first time I've ever had to think about it. Yeah, he might have a job in his hands. But here. I wouldn't worry, like I said, I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's all about. We'll, we'll find out the next couple of weeks. But what everybody's getting minutes, though. Like you know mm. what I mean? Like nope. Is there any? Is there any player who you would consider an important player for us? One of our best players who is on the bench a lot and not even coming on. No, no, that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, Berkey feels he should be starting, and Berkey's our top. Maybe sc- Berkey. Berkey's a top goal scorer, mm. and he hasn't started a match yet. You can true. You can. You can. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar he's going to start this week. That's my opinion. Anyway, we'll talk about the results, though, Prof. We Finn Harps won with balls one up in Bally Buffet. Um, couple of I think promise on a chair he won't be he'll be out for this game he got sent off up there they had six yellows in the space of eight minutes apparently four for one I think it was four for balls two for for harps promise has given Pigo a hard time and a couple of times we've seen so I'm kind of I'm glad he'll be missing now it'd be interesting to see their game plan now we shall losing at home <laughs> to Derry and Derry uh, in Tulka Park and then we draw the four UCD two. So, plenty of goals in that game. Two absolute agents sitting here in terms of last man standing. Oh, yeah. Actually, do you know what? My one wasn't that bad. Um, I went with Galway. I went with Galway at home to Waterford and I thought, first home game, big fucking crowd in Galway, 2 0 down after 20 minutes or something. Do you know what? If I could pick Waterford again, I would have. You, you build up Galway so much. I thought these are losing. I won't say why I built them up. <laughs> Certain people that listen to the fucking show. Um, uh, I, but I, I came up with a short list, right? Derry away, Wexford home, UCD away, and the other two won. <laughs> like, what a terrible. We have another chance. We have another chance. It could be worse. It could be Merrill. You could have not picked the team and went out with oh, a home. Should be removed out of the group for that. Ah, oh, stop. Um, yeah, so fixture changes prop. This is a mouthful. This is a mouthful. This, there's loads going on here. Sean Rovers versus Sligo Rovers. Originally scheduled for Friday, July 8th, will now place, take place on Monday, May 9th. On Monday, April 18th, four fixtures will kick off at an earlier time, including Rovers versus Dundalk at 7. UCD versus Sean Rovers, originally scheduled for Friday, May 20th, will now play, take place on the Thursday, May 19th. This was uh, getting some plaudits, this, this change. Has has the reason come out, though? I don't, I don't, I don't know what I've it no is. I have no idea. I've no idea. Man. Is it something to do with the UCD ball not being available for the for the Friday or something? Why wouldn't the UCD ball be available? That's what I want to know. Don't, but um, theoretically, like people have said uh, many times, that it would be great if RTE showed a live game on a Thursday. So then you don't have to worry about taking people from the gate. So everybody, even neutrals now, we can all watch the live game on a Thursday. 
and then we can go to the matches on the Friday. Yeah. But this is this is LOI TV, like so. It's not this is not even RTE, so I doubt this is even any sort of grand plan. But it's interesting enough. Anyway, there's a lot of rescheduled, so hopefully no nobody is uh, truly messed up. But yeah, but we've Jack winning player of the month for the club. And his goal versus Drogheda was the goal of the month for February as well, which just makes sense. He was he's been the best player. He was nominated for three the, assists, prof. Three. Three. He was nominated for the league award as well for February. Mm-hmm. And do you remember I I said I was chatting to the couple of the legends at the Drogheda game? Yeah, yeah. A follow went up on Twitter. Did you see that of uh, Harry Kenny, the, the Burns? Oh, it was great when yeah. Robbie Horgan, John Cody. Uh, does Cody actually age don't think so uh, Benjamin Button didn't he I was just about to say you took the words out of my mouth <laughs> does not age some postman and the people, people were replying on Twitter that, that'd be some fly beside oh yes we get the men for the tifties coming up soon <laughs> so two major stories came out in the last couple of weeks about Tolka and Dalier Dublin City Council received a proposal from Shelbourne to purchase Tolka Park Joey in there with the money already picking the money out of pockets and a ground chair between Bowes and Pats has not been ruled out. There has been tentative discussions about it. And let's not dress this up. This is not a ground chair. This is Bowes renting off Pats. So let's not act like it's a ground chair and they're 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 happily married in there. No, it's not. They're renting off of of a bow off a of Pats. Same way Rovers went rented off every other club. It's not ground sharing, it's renting off them. Simple. Oh, is this for Bowes to um Play a Richmond for two seasons while yeah. Daily Mail's been built. Exactly, yeah. So right. they're renting off them. Tenants. Um, and I think ultimately as well, if you were to pick between Tolka and Richmond, if you had to ground share or rent, if you had to rent the ground off somebody, I'd go with Richmond all day. I just think there's a lot more to it than Tolka. But that's something that we'll never have to deal with again, hopefully. so. It's kind of a wait and see thing, isn't it? Because... <laughs> Out of nowhere, we got this, uh, or Shell's got this funding boost from Irish and American investors. So suddenly, the Save Talca Park campaign seemed like a bit of a pipe dream. It seemed like one of those things where it sounds nice on paper and people will will protest and all, but it'll just go ahead. Whereas suddenly it's like, hmm, it shit, might, might actually be saved. Shit is real. <laughs> and then if it is saved, then do both have to go to Richmond? So. Interesting couple of years ahead. It really is, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, Daily Mail does get demolished. It's not gonna happen for a long, long time, and it won't be rebuilt for a long, long time either. I think we're still waiting on this metro, this underground railway system that I think was in towards here, <laughs> and they told us it was gonna be built by 2023. So I think that could be another <laughs> example that Bowes might be waiting around for the stadium for a while. Actually, that was a that became a running joke in the documentary that. Uh, they wanted to build Tala before the, the Lewis. But sure enough, the Lewis came first in 2004. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But we'll move on to the National Underage League results, Prof. We have the 19s beating Drotta 3 1 out in, uh, I think it was Hunky Dory Park, Prof. 1 all versus the 17s. Uh, 1 all against Drotta as well. And we have the under 17s ladies, Shamrock Groves versus Athlone. 3 0 loss at home. And. Under 15s beat Shells. So a good win for the Academy there, Prof. Yeah, certainly was. Um I don't don't know if we have a complete fixture list here, but I have one. Uh the nineteens will play Harps in Tala Sunday, three PM. Three PM. 
So we have another big one here, Prof. Shank Hill. Girls under 15s. They beat Bows. Is that right? 13 nil. That's what we were told. 13 nil. If it's not, if it's three, fair enough. But if it's 13, <laughs> love it. So uh, maybe shout three, out. Maybe three makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Shamrock Rovers fan. Big, big fan. Lexi Dowling. She scored two goals in the game and was over the moon to score against her most bitter rivals. So big shout out to Lexi. And well done. I'm bagging a brace. But now next up, Prof, Tifty's Hotline, part two, and with seven more ladies and uh, an unexpected guest. Yellow. Hey, lads, Orla Stanford here. Thanks for having me on the lady special. Or are you brave enough to call it the Hoopette special? I, I don't mind, but I know a few of the girls wouldn't be too pleased. Um... I actually grew up watching my dad play football. I was sitting on the sidelines all over Dublin because he was a bit of a journeyman. Um, mainly watching him break his nose and ankles. But later in life, I found out that he just actually went to whoever gave him the most expenses. But we never went to League of Ireland. We, when he stopped playing, we were going over to Anfield at least once a year. And actually, now that I think back, that's probably the cost of a membership. Um, Watching football together was the thing that we did. So when Rovers uh, built a stadium, as we say in our back garden, there wasn't even a discussion. We just went, never stopped. That's their thing. Um, I, I did have a conversation with an old man uh, who was standing beside me at one of my first Rovers games. And he pointed at the pitch and said, which one of them do you know? <laughs> and I thought he, it was like a trivia question. Like, can you name the team? And then for the second half, you'll have to explain the offside rule to be allowed to stay. But it just, he assumed I was there to support someone. There was no way it was because of the love of football. Um, and ugh, that's it. That's just general stereotyping that does happen sometimes. I, I don't get it much anymore. Um, there, there's a lot of challenges for female fans, mainly bathroom facilities or lack of or even not being allowed to use them. I've been very vocal in the past about this one. Um, and I've had some very stirring conversations with stewards. Um, away days are kind of the major issue. If you think, like, why aren't there many girls on the buses? But most of us can't get to Derry without using the bathroom. And the bathroom isn't on the side of a road. And it's amazing how many of these buses have broken toilets. So that that is an issue. Usually people just drive up. Um, Rovers and Tallis Stadium have been just fantastic at encouraging female fans of all ages. Like we've baby changing facilities and compared to the fact that I've had to pretend to be pregnant in Dundalk, bowls, water for to use a bathroom, we're absolutely miles ahead. Um from a facilities perspective. I know like on the pitch we're obviously struggling a little bit at the moment. I think Joey retiring was a bigger impact than most people estimated. Jack is really, really standing out for me at the moment. Like if you if you really stand back and think, wow, he's he's essentially barely kicked the ball since he left us and came back. There is a bit of rust, but he's still just such a talent to watch. Um to quote my dad, he sees a absolutely different game than we do. I thought of a load of derby goals with Friday in mind, um, but Aaron Green's goal bringing us to the final of the FAI. Uh, was my favourite. I it's still one of those games. I'm so sad I wasn't up. I was watching it on a dodgy betting stream in Philadelphia, 
and I scared the life out of uh, a load of people celebrating. But half the bar were fairly invested in uh, whether the Rovers uh, were going to win. Um, and they bought us uh, a round of drinks for the people that were watching it with me. So uh, it was it was nice. Uh, unique celebration I had on my own in Philadelphia with no other Rovers fans around me. Um, <clears throat> there is not a chance you would ever catch me in a Bowes jersey like Giggsy. Um, I actually only recently found out that my cousin is a Bowes ticket holder and uh, <laughs> she messaged me to say that uh, uh, our other cousin was suggesting that we go to the games together because she didn't understand the difference between bows and rovers so disgusted to have one in the family uh there is definitely a few things pissing me off at the moment two losses just not used to watching losses anymore um it's great to see the amount of people at rovers but it is a bit of a crash in the south stand at the moment and uh, it can be a bit distracting in the games probably need to do something about that um and uh, yeah, Twitter's annoying me. <laughs> uh, for the lads that know that, no. Uh, KOH lads, talk to you soon. Risky Rebecca. Um, what made me fall in love with Rovers? I would say it would probably be, well, it's Rovers, obviously, best team in the country. Um, a family affair. My whole family goes to Rovers. It's talked about 24, they're talked about 24 7 at home. Um, I suppose the first match in Tala was the first match I was properly allowed to go to. Um, I think my mum wanted to hold on to me as long as possible, but she lost me to the to the love. Um, and I definitely couldn't think of anything better than spending your weekends traveling around the country for Rovers. And um, when it comes to League of Ireland grounds and other clubs for women, I'd say my main pet hate is the toilet facilities there's like absolutely nothing worse than traveling on a bus two or three hours and then knowing that you have to go and fight to use a toilet and not a portaloo that like lads have been using and piss lads oh, that's for that as well um waterford are particularly bad um but like longford last year when they saw girls coming in they like what they said to us like if you need to go to toilet just let us know and we'll bring you over so like it's worlds apart somewhere in some places but like I just think that like it's not a big deal just to let us go and use a proper facility I say for rovers then they have running water lights a toilet that we can use um there's sanitary pad or sanitary products as well um which I suppose is is good um especially for younger fans maybe um that like it shows like at least they don't have to be stuck. Um, favorite or standout player this season so far. Um, quite difficult to say. I think we've had a quite a slow start this season. Um, prior to the Pats game on Friday, I was thinking Lee Grace, but he was quite poor on Friday. I I thought, but I suppose like everyone was quite poor. So I suppose I'll still go with Lee Grace on that one. Um, things pissing me off in at the moment is people running on the pitch. Please stop running on the pitch. Like we're already so close to the edge with our uh, stadium ban because of the firework last year. I just think we need to stop running on the pitch. Just stop. 
like I understand in some ter- like in some sense like if you're with, if you're going to win the league in the 92nd minute and you score a goal fine run on the pitch I'll probably be on the pitch but like not every time we score a goal or even just to be drawn in a match it's embarrassing another pet peeve I have at the moment is players t- throwing tantrums it needs to stop it's embarrassing um my favorite derby goal would be um Burke's goal in the semi-final of the FAI Cup against Bowes um when it came, the goal that came from it wasn't even a corner that would be my favorite derby goal um no I would never wear a Bowes jersey ever but I think my friends know me well enough to know not even like they wouldn't even they knew they know I wouldn't even entertain it and I can't believe he entertained it to be honest um like I would like if if somebody was so insistent like you could just like donate like maybe the price of the jersey to charity or something absolutely would not be putting that on me um the term who pep doesn't like it doesn't bother me I wouldn't use it but like it's like irrelevant keep it don't keep it it's all good. Hi, my name is Annie Gavin. Um, one thing that made me fall in love with Rose would have to be how welcoming and accepting everyone is, and that includes the players, the staff, and the fans themselves. Um, it's just a great atmosphere at games, and it just makes you want to go back week in, week out. And I think that's one of the great things about our club, and one of the many reasons why we are the best club to be a part of. Personally, I don't feel like I've ever faced challenges while supporting Rovers. I feel we're lucky in Tallis Stadium that we have such great facilities. Anything that I would ever need or want is already provided to me, so I don't feel like the club could do much more in that regard. And when you're speaking about stereotyping, I've never come across it at the matches. Um, when I started going to matches, I assumed that there would be a lot of stereotyping. But I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case and uh, you're just made feel welcome straight away the minute you walk in those gates. It's hard to pick just one player as a standout performer um, so far because we have such a good team but if I had to pick two I'd probably go with Lee and Pico. I feel that they're consistently good and they're really important players for our team. Always have been and I think they've proved that in the season so far. Um, I know they've made a few mistakes here and there, but what player hasn't made mistakes? One thing pissed me off at the moment would be the fact that I have to wear nearly every item of clothing I own going to a match at Tal Stadium because it's to be so ridiculously cold at the matches lately. I must have had about 20 layers on me at the last game and I still thought I was going to freeze. My favourite derby goal would have to be Danny scoring against Bowes, for obvious reasons, of course, but... um. I can only imagine how happy Danny and Charlene would have been after that goal. And I'd say it meant a lot to them, especially after the unnecessary abuse that they got from the staff, stewards, fans, everyone at Bowes. I just feel that would have been a nice little victory, a personal victory for the two of them. In regards to your question about me wearing a Bowes jersey, I think it's safe to say no amount of money or pressure would ever get me into a Bose jersey. Personally, I don't see an issue with the term hoopet. Um, I'm sure I've been called worse. And I, I've i never really heard it being used that much. Um, I've seen it once or twice uh, 
in a tweet on Twitter or whatever. But yeah, I don't see an issue with it. And if someone was to refer to me as a hooper, I wouldn't be offended at all. I think it's fine. Hi, Ali Armstrong here. Um, I definitely fell in love with Rovers through my family. My granddad Jack was a massive Rovers fan and was awarded the president of the club. So he brought my mum, Paula and Ray to games when they were younger and then my mum started bringing me, Gary and Gillian. So it's just in our blood, like no matter how well we're doing or not, I couldn't imagine not going home supporting Rovers or going to the matches. Um, to be honest, I don't think I've faced many challenges. We've had a few issues trying to get access to the female toilets in Dundalk. We haven't been allowed to access over behind the goal at times, so it's been kind of annoying. But throughout the whole league, I think the toilet facilities are pretty bad. They're genuinely filthy, like daily meant by far the worst as the portaloos are on the way into the ground. They're not private, they're not ideal. Like there's no sign saying male or female, so you just kinda of go into whatever one you want. But I'm not being biased, but I genuinely think talent is very welcoming to women. The facilities are very clean, the they're very easily accessed and there's plenty of them around, so like you'd never be stuck. Um, my favourite player has to be hands down Jack Byrne at the moment. Um, he's just a joy to watch, I think. I think he just brings the team together. His vision, his pass, passing, sets him apart from any other midfielder in the league. Like the goal against Rahad on Monday night is a perfect example of how good he is on the pitch. Um, I'm definitely pissed off that one of the girls has gone away and work and I said I'd work for her on Friday night so I can't go to the Pats game. And I like going to Pats away so I'm kind of fuming. Well, there's loads of derby goals. Um, I'd say the best one was Gary Twig's two goals when we played Bowes in Tala for the first time. But I have to say my favourite goal, um, it's not a derby goal now, but it was playing Dundalk away in 2018 and Dylan Moss scored a penalty in the 93rd minute. And it's just a standout moment for me. Um, Bobby Best actually took a photo of me and my family dancing to walking all over the world and the joy in our faces is just obvious like... Um, plus scoring in Oriel Park is always a little extra bonus. Uh, would I wear a Bowes jersey? Uh, in one word, no. <laughs> I think my family would disown me if I ended up wearing a Bowes jersey and I don't think I'd be allowed back in my house. Um, the term hoop, I don't really like it to be honest because I think we're all hoops so I don't think it matters if we're male or female because we all support the same team. My name is Karen Connolly. I fell in Rovers probably about 25 years ago. I was very lucky to be brought, very lucky to be brought up in a house that loved football, and my dad started bringing me to the RDS in the nineties. Um, I'd say at the start it was him dragging me, and then by the time we got to Santry, it was me dragging him every Sunday, place that no one wants to go. A few challenges as a female fan, toilets being the main one. It's not so bad now in comparison to a few years ago, when we used to have to literally beg the home section to let us use the toilets. Cork City being one, Dundalk, I think we still have to beg to use their toilets. Um, the FAI rules state that one toilet must be clearly marked for females. And I remember at the semi-final against Bowes in Dalymount, uh, I walked up to the, to-, to the security fella and I was like, sorry, where's the female toilet? And he literally looked at me and was like, oh, bollocks, they forgot to mark up the female toilet. So a few of us had to be escorted over to the home section and we were met with bottles and coins. So that didn't go down very well. And I think Tala just is amazing for away fans. Like I'd like to think that the females don't have to beg to use toilets or 
come across bottles being thrown at them or anything like that. Um, standout player this year. I'm just gonna leave it a few weeks before I comment on that. I just personally don't think anyone has stood out. Pissing me off at this moment is the eighteen ninety nine suite. I wait. I waited for two years for the place to reopen. And now that it is, it takes me 20 minutes to get back to the sea, where I sit. It's just it's ridiculous. Another thing pissed me off is face masks. I'm just over them. Favourite derby goal. It's a tough one, but it wasn't even a corner. Do you know what I mean? Hard to be. Giggsy. Where do I go with Giggsy? Just get out of the club. If someone told me I had to do that on a hen party, I'd honestly just go home. Like, the only time I'd ever do it would be maybe for charity, and that's at a push. Very, very push. It'd have to be a lot of money involved for that. The term hoopet doesn't really bother me anymore. Never did. It's a female hoop. It's like the whole actor-actress to be. You're not an actress anymore. You're a female actor. Like, they're the same thing, like... Too many do-gooders these days. Just it's a phrase. Stop trying to change the English language. Like, hi guys, um, Catherine Lynch here. I've been following Rovers since 1990 when they played in the RDS. Um, unfortunately, I never saw them play in Milltown. Although not a lot of people know this, but I was brought to Milltown on a first date many moons ago with a shovel to keep sketch while my date um, dug up a piece of the pitch to bring home and plant in his garden. So I have been in Milltown, but unfortunately um, I never saw Rovers play there. Um, I love the RDS days. The crack in the horseshoe bar was great before and after the games and just meeting the same faces every game and having a bit of crack. Um, I was hooked from then, from 1990 or so. The only challenge I've ever faced as a female supporter is, um, I suppose, toilet facilities in certain grounds. I remember on one occasion, absolutely filthy port with no lights and about three inches deep in liquid in, in daily amount. So that was gross. But um, other than that, I haven't faced any um, challenges as a female supporter. Um, I haven't witnessed any gender stereotyping either in the league. Um, in fact, it's the opposite. And I love that, that everyone is treated the same. You're a hoop, no matter what age, where you're from, your gender, it's irrelevant that you're a hoop. And that's great. Um, Rovers and Tallis Stadium have by far the best facilities in the league. Um, my niece comes um, to Gamesby now from time to time and she was amazed at Tallis Stadium and the fact we had proper facilities, toilets, shops, bar and that everything was so clean. Um, after being to other away grounds with her boyfriend, um, she loves coming to Tallis now. So um, that definitely has made a difference for her coming to Tallis because of our facilities. Um, for me, Ronan Finn and Pico uh, but have been standout performers in the first few games. Ronan is a real leader on and off the pitch and he's a gentleman and he always has time for everyone and he's a great role model for all our young supporters as is Pico. Pico's also a gentleman and um, gives it everything on the pitch every week and he's a great guy so definitely Ronan and Pico are the standout performers for me um, so far this season. Um, not much pisses me off thankfully, I'm fairly laid back but uh, I'm delighted we're back in Tala. And the crowds are back and there's a great buzz around the stadium um, match days. So it's great to be back and for everyone to be back to see our team. Um, my favourite derby goal would have to be Twiggy's late winning goal in Tala against Bowes. 
um, many years ago. We were losing 1 0, and he scored two goals, one after the other, right at the end of the match, and the crowd went wild. And that was great, and Bose were sick, so that was even better. Um, I would never or could never wear a Bose jersey, uh, ever. In fact, I was doing uh, the Rahini five mile run recently with a friend, and the girl in front of us had a Bose jersey on her. And I spotted her, and I was wearing my Rovers jersey. So my only goal in the run was to get over the finishing line before her. And when I did, I just looked back at her and uh, shouted at her, come on, Rovers. Uh, I think she thought I was a bit mad. But um, the term who bet, I'm not a fan of. I think it's a bit silly. And yes, it should go in the bin. Um, just call me a hoop, that's enough. Um, no need for hoop bet. Uh, thanks, lads, anyway. Keep on hooping. Hi everyone, this is Mona. I'm very excited to be calling into the Tifty's hotline. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Is that Cecil, is it? Just tell him I have that sorted. I'll look after him. Who, who's Cecil? <sighs> Winnie, it's a women's only edition of the hotline. So if you don't mind. What? I need a women. No, I'm not having that. Come here, that's discrimination, that is. That's, that's, I won't stand for it. That, that's not what Mickey Collins died for. Oh, it's not. Jesus. Maybe the lads just want a bit of diversity. Do you remember you learned that word from the first time from Ron Burgundy? And maybe they're celebrating International Women's Day because that's on Tuesday. Women's Day? That, that's typical. Why, why, why isn't that an international men's day? Well, that makes you think. There is a men's day, actually. It's November 12th, every year. And World Toilet Day also falls on that date. You know, because we need to improve both. So you, you can prove out the facts. Shall look, show us these hotline questions anyway. Fine, here, have a look then. Oh, we've done this before. I, I, I know the crack. I'll, I'll show you how it's done. Go on. Mansplain it to me. What made you fall in love with Rovers? Listen, that's an easy one. The, the, the great Johnny Giles, obviously. He was years before I was even born. Oh, well, excuse me for following Rovers for over 40 years. Right, next. Challenges as a female supporter. Well, there's none. Love, love the women's. I, 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 all are welcome, dear, except that Angelica Mer Merkel one. If I seen her in the South Stand, if she ever came in there, I'd tell her where to go. She's a wagon, she is. What do you mean, no challenges? Shall I count the Portaloos for you? Well, you, 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 you didn't complain during Woodstock, did you? Come here, don't tell me you're still traumatised from the Cup Final 20 years ago. The, the talk of toilets. You, you, you won't be poking around in the dark, I swear. Duffer and Joey would, would stick a light bulb in there. No bother. Problem solved. Problem solved. I've told you. You, you, you might step on a rat or two, but you'll but you get over that. But that's football, Mona. That's football. I am not going in there again. Well, so look, I'll, I'll go on my own then. Or I'll bring Pat, Jimmy, Tony or, 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 or Pat. Right, next one. Standout players so far. Uh, that's that's probably the, the only answer we'll all agree on. Uh, Super Jack Bourne. Uh, a little magician he is. Uh, reminds me of, 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 of old Pat, actually, his, his namesake. What, what a player. What a player. Did, 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 did I tell you who interviewed Pat, Pat Bourne last year? He's a great bloke. 
Who's answering these questions? Me or you? Oh, oh okay. Sorry, J- Jesus. So, so what are you going to say for this one? Question four. What's what's pee, 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 pissing you off? Well, nothing at Rovers anyway. It's great being a hoop these days, isn't it? Champions again. And Jack is back. Big crowds. Are you serious? I've list as long as me am. Listen, how about the podcast lads promising me a story on Facebook for, for, for starters? But when I click on the link, it's just a black speaker on a pile of books. What's the story? I boiled the kettle, I sat down with a cup for a, for a cup of tea, and it was only two seconds long. That's, that's not a story. We have to put a whiskey in it next time. I think that that bear fella, he, I'll tell you, here's the right idea on this one. You are thick. Rice. What else then? I t- well, look, wristbands, ankle bracelets and all sorts needed to get in for a point and a half time in, in, in the bar in Tala. Match price ticket hikes. I mean, this is it. Cues, cavity searches, asking us to come in for a magazine photo shoot at nine in the morning on a Saturday. That, that's shocking. That's awful. It's a joke it is. And don't even get me started on that horse. Hmm, well... At least you can still use my member's guest pass, you know, since you won't become a member. Well, that, that, that's beside the point. Right, uh, listen, question five. Favourite Derby gold? Well, we don't follow the, the Derby, truth be told. Maybe a bit of West Brom back in the day, but I remember Derby beef uh, Finn Harps 12-0 in the UEFA Cup in the 70s. Not Derby County, the Dublin Derby? All right. Well, they should have made that clearer then, in, in, in fairness. These are, these are always awful questions. Uh, right. Uh, best gold. Pat Bourne's free kick in, in uh, 1987. What a gold. What a gold. Ah, it, was, it was the last derby at Milltown. God rest its soul. Come here. I'll, I'll tell you. I interviewed Pat last year. Did I tell you that? He's a great bloke. He's a lovely fella. And what about Twiggy's late header in the first Tala derby? Or Twiggy leaving Ken O'Man on his arse. What a hero. Or Brennan in the 4-0 at Dalier. Oh, that was some strike. Although we have absolutely no time for any Brennans in this house. No, no, for, sh- for sure. I- I'm more of an Irish pride man me- me- myself now. I-, I just feel you get a full-size slice over, you know, compared to all that low-calorie ca- ca- bread, you know. But yeah, look, you-, you mentioned Dalier. It's a bit of a hostile... It, it-, it-, it is a bit of a hostile there now, isn't it? It's too much hooliganisms for, for, for my taste. You know, I'm in love with that fighter, Mona. You know this, right? And, and, and it's very tense. I have a more relaxing time navigating the, the Walkerstown roundabout, to be honest with you. Oh, can we just wrap this up? Jesus Christ. Come here, this is the last question. Would Mona ever wear a Bowers jersey? No, there's, there's a, a definite answer there. Not, not a chance. No, not a chance. Oh, not, not for all the, the, the tea in China. Isn't that right, love? You don't even put your AC Milan jersey out on the clothesline, what? With the red and black colours. Listen, you wouldn't want to give the neighbours the wrong idea, you know? Yes, and I think we've aired enough of our dirty laundry on this podcast once again. Hang on, is this... Are you recording this? Yes, 
obviously, I dialed the hotline. And you shall now you tell me. Oh, I thought you knew how it worked. I did it before, he says. The first ever all-female edition of the show. And of course, you so are the only bloke to speak on it. It was just inevitable, wasn't it? Oh yeah, hashtag. You know, I love that hashtag. I can't even get a five-minute piece to make a bloody phone call without you sticking your nose in. And you know what? You probably call us hoopets as well, which is a stupid word. You know, my sister was going through a lot. I told you that. And here we have a horse. You wouldn't see a horse at Milltown. Lord wouldn't even feed it. He refused, I tell you. So part two, Prof. Some very entertaining stuff. Hijacked, you could say. Certainly was. Uh, Fortunately, a male voice uh, snuck in there at the end. But at least least it entertained us with El Winston. He's some fella, isn't he? And women. So that was the lady special, as uh, Orla called it. Um... When I was going to the toilet in Richmond Park, uh, I just heard voices shouting from above, and it was Siobhan and Orla saying, Carl, pointing at the toilets. <laughs> they were like, it's an actual toilet. Yeah, it's not a hole yeah. in the ground. Or up against the wall, as someone said before. Yeah. And Orla was like, I'm going to be talking about this. But, um, yeah, no, some, some cool stuff there. I, I enjoyed Catherine's Milltown story, keeping sketch. Some things never change. <clears throat> yeah. Or they're pretending <clears throat> to be pregnant in Dundalk. We'd, we'd, we'd heard that one before, hadn't we? The constant battles between female Rovers supporters and stewards is actually embarrassing, isn't it? Like, you know the crap that they have <clears throat> to go through to go to a different stand to actually urinate or uh, do whatever they need to do. Like, like it, it's it's their sanctuary. Let, that's what they do. It's the bathroom for ladies. Go ahead. The fact that they have to battle to get in there is insane. A few times as well. Daily Man was a big one as well. You can't expect a, a woman to go to, to the toilet in a fucking portaloo that's been sitting there accumulating feces and fucking urine for weeks upon weeks. You can't expect that. Like it's you wouldn't let your own kids or your wife do it. So you know. And Karen mentioned that, didn't she? You had to walk across uh, the Jody, was it? Yeah, which is not exactly happens very pretty. Yeah. And she was like, that just wouldn't happen at Tada. Um. So some debutants on on the hotline. Plenty of new people there. Oh, very welcome, yeah. Anya Gavin making her Tifty's debut. Did you see that Anya has made twin baby clothes that say, if you think I'm cute, you should see Pico Lopez. (laughs) No, I didn't see that. I will say I have to love that the fact there's a lot of ladies in the Rover support that will never don a Bowles jersey for no matter how much. I think somebody said 100,000 minimum. (laughs) I like their style. Poor Geeksy Ant, he, he got a hard time in this hotline. He made up, I tell you what, he's still not living it down. <laughs> still not living it down. He couldn't do it, no matter what. Emma Wheatley, uh, suspiciously absent from this hotline, Gar, but... I'm not, yeah, see, uh, the thing is, I'm a little bit disappointed because normally she'd be quite... Um, our timekeeping's pretty good and she'd probably consider us if we did ask for her in a request, but this time around, uh, yeah, no, really, really let down by the wheats. Well, do you know what? She picked bows in the last man standing. So, as far as I'm concerned, she's barred from this hotline. Yeah, she's out of the club. Get out of the club. Get out of the club. And on the list of hatred. Don't be picking bows in the last man standing. So, we've got a couple of other things about famous uh, Rovers women. And I was I was kind of searching on Twitter earlier today. 
uh, because robbers were kind of celebrating Women's Day last year. So they put up some tweets of pictures of of uh, the ladies at the games. And uh, It's a very cool story. Yeah, there was just before we get on to, to um, the, the famous one, there was Mary Jane Cunningham. She was a club director at Rovers from 1937 to 1972. And uh, this is this is Rovers past and present on Twitter speaking here. Uh, they say, Mary Jane stood her ground in a man's world and proved to be a very effective board member. Yeah, she was the daughter of Joe Cunningham. Not a woman to be messed with. She, she was kind of a pioneer for women in football, like including Britain, because... Britain, I can't imagine there'd be many women board members back then, though. Even in the UK, like, I mean, I can't, you can't imagine a woman that influential off the pitch in the boardroom at a football club in the 1930s. Oh, yeah. Like, it was unheard of. Uh, and then we have Maureen O'Hara so this is a cool story yeah so our probably most famous fan as everybody knows she died over six years ago and Albert put this in the Wack Express chat a few months back on the anniversary so when filming in Cuba she often met with Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and was particularly struck by Shea's knowledge of Ireland. When we arrived in Havana on April 15, 1959 filming our man in Havana um Cuba was a country experiencing revolutionary change. How could I not meet Shay? Shay Guevara was often at the Capri Hotel. I would see him at the hotel, at the restaurant, and he'd come to my table and say hello. Shay would often talk about Ireland and all the guerrilla warfare that had taken place there. He knew every battle in Ireland and all of its history. Shay knew more about Ireland than John Ford did. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And finally asked Shay, you know so much about Ireland and talk constantly about it. How do you know so much? He said, well, my grandmother's name was Lynch, and I learned everything I know about Ireland at her knee. He was Shea Guevara Lynch. That famous cap he wore was an Irish Rebels cap, the Black Beret. Spent a great deal of time with Shea Guevara when I was in Havana. I believed he was far less a mercenary than he was a freedom fighter. Today he is a symbol for freedom fighters wherever they are in the world and I think he's a good one. Rovers, the real people's club. That is, uh, that's insane. <laughs> Maureen O'Hara chilling with Shea Guevara. That's, that's some story. Unbelievable. That's brilliant. Like I'd love to look into the family timeline of that. Of his um his grandmother, like him sitting on the knee of an Irish woman, <laughs> learning all the stories and songs. Yeah, I, I didn't know that now. That's brilliant. Um, so yeah, there was a little chat about that in the group. Uh, so we had Liam coming in saying he reckons there should be something named after, in the, like say the new stand in the stadium. The Mar- yeah, the Maureen O'Hara named after Maureen O'Hara, and he mentioned that. In her last interview, she did, before her death. Uh, interview in RTE she said she wanted to be remembered as a Dublin girl and a Shamrock Rover supporter brilliant absolutely brilliant always on our mind so Prof next up we have the stats there is a mathematician a different kind of mathematician and a statistician stats Oh, you hit me, Prof. Give me the stats. Give me the stats. Well, did you do the quiz today? Oh, shit. No. You didn't. Well, I could I could probably do it live. Yeah, go over. Mm-hmm. Right, so at first, Prof, the Tuesday trivia is being done live. Now, let's just... A word of warning. I usually get about four in, in this. So, three-minute timer. I'm going to call out the questions and the answers. And I'll, there's multiple choice, obviously. So, here we go. Rovers' last ever competitive game at Milltown was in which month of 1987? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, March, April, May. February, March, April, May. Uh, I'm going to say summer season. 
back then and no went no so oh, may no wrong april you never played football in may shut up carl <laughs> Who went down in history as the only man to play at both Milltown and Tallis Stadium? I know this one. Robbie Gaffney, John Tall, Derek Tracy, Robbie Horgan. Robbie Horgan. Yep. B-team B game. Do you know what? Just before you continue, if you're an avid listener of this podcast and the stats, you should know a lot of these because some of these stats we repeat a lot. Ooh. So how many scoreless draws were always involved in in the 2021 season? Zero. Zero, two, one, three. We have, what, we're 56 games without a scoreless draw? Zero. That's logic. I like it. Boom. We're in there. Rovers played five Monday games in the 2021 season and two of them were against which club? I'm going to say Waterford. There's Bowes, Waterford, Longford, Sligo. I'm going to say Waterford because it's always Waterford on a Monday. No, Bowes. Ah! <laughs> Rovers and the St. Patrick's 11 met at Richmond Park in a testimonial game 2002 for which player? Johnny McDonald, Paul Ozam, Trevor Crowley, Paul McGrath. It's making you think, isn't it? Who's who's been in the news? This is relevance. Paul Ozan played for both. So Trevor Crowley. Oh no, Paul McGrath. No, Paul Ozan. Oh! Paul McGrath retired in the nineties. So. Saint Patrick's Athletic Manager Tim Clancy played for Rovers in which year? Ah, this is hard. 2015, 2016, 2014, 2017. I'm gonna say he signed for Nutsy because Nutsy was his manager at Hibs. I'm gonna say 2016. 2015 <laughs> stinking it up here Rovers Mitch oh no what they're, what they're going off I need to go back I've never done that before Rovers met which Ukrainian club in 2016 pre-season tournament in India FC Lviv Dynamo Kiev FC Dnipro SC Dnipro FC Dnipro FC yes there we go I, mean, I was being a bastard there did you see that SC are probably a B team somewhere down the road, aren't they? I think they're like the new version of FC. So Trevor Malloy and which other Rovers player lead the way with six goals each as Rovers' top goal scorers against Bowles since leaving Milltown. Gary Twig, Ronan Finn, Tony Grant, Brandon Melee, and it's Brando. I knew that one. Uh, which of these players has not scored for both sides in a Dublin derby? Dean Kelly, Pico Lopez, Dylan Watts, Jason McGuinness. Oh, for fuck's sake. Who this is it? where you have to think. Who oh, there's only 22 seconds left. <laughs> oh, Dean Kelly. No. <laughs> What's left? Wait, hold on. Pico Lopez and other players are the only men to win sports. Uh, uh, Barry Murphy. No. <laughs> what? 44 out of 10. Oh, the delay. So this is why you only get four every week. <laughs> the delay. Well, I'm not usually doing it live. Right. It's four. I'm happy. Dave Connell was the answer for that one anyway. So. The answer for what? You just. I don't know. I just. I got, I, got, uh, I got excited. No one heard that. Yeah, so check out the Tuesday trivia. It's always a bit of crack. And um, yeah, that last one was the only player to win uh, club supporters player of the year at both Rowers and Bows, Pigo and who? And the answer was Dave, Dave Connell. Connell. Never would have got it. I never would have got it. And the the goal scoring one was which of these players has not scored in both sides of the derby? So what were the options again? McGuinness, Pigo, Watts. McGuinness, Pigo, Dean Kelly, and, Watts. and Dylan Watts. Yeah. Dylan Watts scored for us, but not against us. Did he not? So he was the answer. He right, did, okay. Didn't score on I both remember him playing really well in Italia one time anyway. And yeah, that's kind of, I don't, don't have many more stats. Uh, like you said, we're on 55 games without a scoreless draw. Bowls are actually on a run themselves of 53. <laughs> you fucking jinxed it. You fucking yep. jinxed it. And we haven't drawn 0 0 against Bowles since 2015. Let's just senior cup. Thanks, bro. But don't worry, Gar. <clears throat> Because we are four games without a win against Bowles. That's how it works, isn't it? 
I call out Bond. figures, I call out streaks, and then they end. Yes, it? that's yes, how it yes, works. Yes, yes, yes. Four games without a win against Bowes. And finally, this will be Ron Finn's 350th appearance for the club. Wow. Brilliant. Great stuff. So the starting 11s and predictions are up next, Prof. <laughs> Prof's going to go first on this one because I am totally torn here. Totally, totally torn beyond belief. <clears throat> this left side is killing me. It's fucking killing me. Well, I actually picked... It's it's obviously a massive game and I'm nervous as hell about it, but I actually picked my team quick enough. Hit me, uh, hit me, Prof, hit me. And we have Manus, Lions, Grace, Pico, Gannon. So Grace, Pico, Gannon. Lions on the right. Who's on the left? No, Finn's on the right. So Finn. Lions on the left. Lions on the left. A usual pairing, Watts and Gary O'Neill. And Berkey is back. So Burke, Byrne and Green up front. You got to play Green in the derbies. You just got to... I'm gonna go. Do you know what? Once again, I'm going left field. Purely, I want to make. I want to. I want to. I want to have a talking point here. I'm gonna go Manus. Grace Pico Hor. I think Hor starts. He was actually okay against Pats. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Blood and guts performance. Full of thunder. I think he's gonna do well. <laughs> uh, here's where it gets tough. I want Lions to play, but I don't want to drop Watts. Carroll plays for me. Like this. This is the problem zone here. I'm playing green or left wing back. I think we need greener in the pitch. I think we need a left footer on the left. Essentially. I haven't liked the left side. We're playing a right footer there. Is I this don't the like second it. or third week in a row you've picked yeah. green or left I've wing said back? I don't like having a player cutting in. Barry no, Carter. I don't think he's listening to you though. Barry Carter, Ill effect, not effective at all. Not, not out there. And I don't like Williams cutting in as well. <clears throat> so greener on the left. We've been incredibly unlucky though. Like We've talked about trying to keep the, the players happy. right? We have two injuries. And both of them are in the same position, left wing back. That's incredibly unlucky. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Finn. I have to play Finn for this one. You can't drop Finn for the derby. You're gonna play him right wing back. So green and left wing back. Watts, Gary O'Neill, Finn, Jack, Borky, Gaffney. <coughs> Danny is on the bench to come on and mm-hmm. hopefully change the game. Urgh, I'm gonna go three two slobber knocker. Three two slobber knocker. Two red cards. Two penos. <coughs> I don't predict derbies as you know so. Partridge in a fucking pear tree I'm not um, saying a word biggest build up to a derby in years 8,000 sell out Bowles absolutely shit in the bed over not getting <coughs> tickets unbelievable stuff like this is huge prop this is 8,000 in talent in the Dublin derby you've got fucking fans baiting each other all over them, all over the country outside grounds everybody's up for games now everybody's fucking mental <coughs> It's this is the season to be a League of Ireland supporter. Eight thousand people. In Some, front. Something is happening this season. Something is happening. It's grabbing people. It's just getting a hold of people. And this is the first <clears throat> first time our first Tata Derby with Bowes fans in it since that Graham Burke goal I mentioned to end since the window. The hoodoo. Think about think about that for a sec, right? That's a long time, man. That was a lifetime ago. That game, breaking the streak, is the last time Bowes fans were in Tata. Wow, that's a long time. <clears throat> Now, like I said, that team is majorly oh, it's a, it's it's different, but like I said, I think we need Borky in the team. Jack Gaffney, I can't drop Watts, can't drop Finn. Lions is just a scapegoat, unfortunately. And Greener plays at the left because I want the left footer there, and I want Greener getting in there. You know, you know, fucking Greener's like in the derby. Um, yeah, so that's it. Loads of reds, loads of penals. Hopefully, all in our favour. And 
Andy Lyons is the big interview on the hoop scene and he's on the cover as well. Why didn't I think of that before I picked my team? He's going to start. <laughs> he's going to start. He's fucking obviously going to start. I remember when we signed Luke Byrne and then his first derby was in Delhi Mount and he actually had a really good game. He's brilliant. At, at left back. First thing he did was clatter someone on the left-hand <laughs> side in front of the Jody. But uh, this is a classic piss button, isn't it? P- absolute piss button. Love it. And that's not the only piss button in the programme because we have James Lowe. He has the lowdown his article and he's talking about how not only are Bowes not Dublin's originals because he's gone right back to history with the Dublin University in the late 19th century oh wow Bowes are not only not Dublin's originals they're not even the first club in Dublin to wear red and black oh let me guess let me guess let me guess are they still around I just told you their name who was it Dublin University oh that's the actual team mm. so there we go nowhere near the originals plus they housed British soldiers <laughs> during the rising you shall, cannot forget that shall we add yeah so yeah um, Rovers tickets as well the website was having some issues for Bowes away fans and apparently some of them got tickets in the home end prof yeah wonder how that went <laughs> but anyway we'll move on again with Barney Big B, of course, the ever quotable. Tuesday morning and sold out. Get that fourth stand built. Get the the Maureen O'Hara stand built. Absolutely. I'm just thinking about it now. The oh, I'm buzzing for this, prof. It's going to be electric. It's going to be something else. South stand is going to be rocking. And given how this game sold out, um, like by the Tuesday morning, those Category A decisions, they're looking very smart right now. I think so as well. I know you agree with it. I agreed with it before as well. It's a good product that we have on, on display. Like it shouldn't be a big issue to do it. You're gonna pay six fifty to go for a fucking twenty four hour trip to sit in some shite sea in fucking Old Trafford and not even allow to get up and sing and get told to sit down while some fucking Egypt is on his phone the whole time beside you. No, this is what it is. Twenty quid to go and see a Dublin Derby, fucking twenty eight thousand people in fucking Tala running amok. This is this is what you spend your money on, it's simple. It's going to be huge. It's going to be unbelievable. I am buzzing for this, Prof. The derby has already started. The week leading up to it. The fucking orcs crossing the Liffey. <laughs> and you heard my stats. Guaranteed goals. Guaranteed goals. Prof guarantees your goals. I don't say that. <laughs> Brasher doesn't do nil-nils. No. But um, something I wasn't aware of, actually. Uh, <laughs> there's fake profiles selling tickets for the <laughs> I have four tickets. <laughs> It was Gareth Brennan. Gareth Brooks this. has not announced his t- his ticket yet. I have four tickets. <laughs> the Gareth Brooks debate uh, rumbles on. I have four tickets. Tickets aren't they don't exist. Who is it? Uh, fucking uh, Leo from Nebraska has four tickets for the South Dublin Derby. That's what Gareth was saying. Was, yeah, some girl in Nebraska somehow had four tickets for Derry away, <laughs> and Gareth goes, "Good family of hoops out there." <laughs> The Nebraska Hoops SC. I like I like <coughs> what you said actually. Um if we see a tout outside this game and tell it, that's how you know we've done it. We've hit the big time. Am I the only one who remembers the one legged tout? All the time I went to gigs, fucking fifty cent and Lloyd Banks, all these fucking gigs you go to years ago and UB forty, there was always a tout with one leg outside. Always. Always. If he's outside the stadium on this Friday, we've made it. That's it. It's an event. It's taken off. It's taken off. But uh, we Dan Fulham. He says, is the league moving towards a corrected attended average? Probably ourselves dragging it up a bit. Probably. 
fucking right it's us dragging it up and I was saying I'd be happy with an average of 4 over the course of the season which is brilliant and then you can improve on that again once the stand gets bigger more people start coming it's the popular thing to do success brings fans it's brilliant what we're doing at the minute I mean when you're there's still a level we can go up though we can still go up a level when your lowest level versus UCD is 4,000 and compare that to previous years compare that to 10 years ago yep that's a good way to gauge it and it's a mad feeling now like I can't believe we're sitting here talking about this that the problem now is people can't get into the games we have good hoops who are going years and who are members who actually need tickets it's a bad thing but it's a good thing they'll get it eventually because you know what it's like you know what the scramble is like as the as the days lead on and goes towards the game tickets become available people can't go but um, another thing that we could look into which is a very good thing is the possibility of season ticket holders now I don't know how legal this is but the possibility of season ticket holders making the club aware that they're not going to go to the game and then we can sell that ticket on we're not selling the season ticket we're selling the C so therefore mm. the, we know these, these, these guys aren't going to come they've come and they've said okay we will not be at this game please put our tickets up for repurchase I think that's a great idea if it's possible I don't know if it happens all around Europe but it's another way of getting more people in so let's say the deadline is Wednesday before the game by the way let us know and then on the Thursday oh yeah there's another 300 tickets here from fans who aren't available let's put well, them on I hope there's not 300 do you know what I mean though you know well, the fact that we're even talking about this it shows how golden these tickets are it's nuts but um, like I said I, I can't believe the problem now is League of Ireland grounds capacities like we've been doing this show for five years how many conversations have we had about how do we get people interested in the games how can we increase attendances what can we do better now we're talking about we can't get everybody in we're, we're, we're stopping people at the door now I can't I, I didn't even think this would happen in my lifetime it's deadly and like we said we can always go up One another stand coming in we can keep going we can keep going we can push on Um, game is not on RTE thank fuck because ultimately the footfall would have been lower and we're looking at losing money as well so brilliant <clears throat> great that's not on RTE it's a good thing it's a good Welsh article. rugby instead it's a good article by Neil O'Reilly actually about that and that's the jippo isn't it it is Jibbo, but <laughs> yeah, he's basically saying Artie are not showing an, enough of an interest. Basically, well, we knew that already, but you know what I mean. But this season, particularly, they're kind of picking and choosing. Like, what's their contract for this season? Like sixteen games. Yeah, I think it's ultimately up to them as well. They just think we'll do what we want. We'll turn up at your ground and we'll film what the fuck we want. I, it's of no benefit to us. I don't think there's no monetary gain from having RTE in I don't think so anyway we can when you read some of the figures like RTE used to pay clubs 5,000 euro to broadcast the games that that's buttons it's fucking buttons and you're going to pay it you're going to probably give it back to them with like extra security and whatever else you need to go down the line of, of issuing out so and with the amount of people especially <coughs> 10 years ago who, who would stay home when the game is in RTE are you even breaking even I don't. I don't think you are. I think we're. It's at a loss. I think we're running at a loss. I think that we were told that before behind closed doors or in hushed hallways. But um, yeah, no, so it's the big offices. Yeah, <laughs> roadstone offices. Famous roadstone offices where tickets get cancelled and the demise is planned. Uh, Oriel Park on Monday, prof. Big one. Big two games. Big four days <coughs> coming up in the hoops. Huge, huge. Uh, can I just make a note on Stephen O'Donnell? Is he hungover? At does football have the same effect on him that eight points a Guinness has on me? 
Because in every fucking post-match interview, he's in bits. <laughs> he's in bits. He's just like... <laughs> well, his voice is gone anyway. And he's, then he's probably shouted in the whole he's match. He's in bits. <laughs> um, yeah, this will be my first LOI TV purchase because uh, I'm not planning on going to this game. What? Monday night in Ariel Gear. Oh, Monday. Jesus, touch me on Friday. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's poxy. It's poxy. Unfortunately, I actually, I had, I've not been there early in a few years. I make a point not to go. I fucking hate that ground. <laughs> and uh, Mark Scanlon was on LOI Central. Uh, I think the week before this was, and I'm a bit behind my podcast now. But he spoke to Dan McDonald about the season pass, and Dan was kind of challenging him on why the season pass was was scrapped. And I noticed Ray Whedon, he, he said something that basically rang true for me as well. I would have paid the season pass at the start of the season. I wouldn't even have blinked. Mm. Whatever it was, 60 euros, yep. 70, I would have paid it. And I thought, cool, that's me done. I can watch back any game. Oh, Con Murphy said something funny, cool. I'll go back and watch that. Yeah, I'm not going to Oriel Park, so I know it'll be there. I would have paid that. But... It's kind of maybe we're in the minority. People like some myself who are gonna go to nearly every match who would have paid the season pass. Yeah. Anyway. Despite yeah, going to every well, match. Yeah. But now I have to pay seven euro just for this one match that I'm not going to. And that's probably like I don't know the next game I'll miss, so in the end, they're getting a lot less money from me. A lot less money, yeah. A lot. And I, I would have like sat on a Saturday if I'm sitting around and <coughs> doing nothing. Sligo are on. I would, I would have watched it. I watched a lot of Sligo last year. You know, the games that are on when you're not playing, you're going to watch them. But again, I've not heard this podcast, but so apparently Mark did make uh, plenty of valid points that clubs could be affected by... Uh, season ticket sales could have been affected. With the LOI pass. Yeah, true, true. Uh, he is doing good work, I'll give him that. So, again, I am saying, I'm probably in the minority what I'm saying there. So, and the clubs told the FBI that's what they want. Scrap the season pass. So, I guess that's what they want. <clears throat> so, Greener is up next. I cleared ahead with Karts and the final episode of Pico got a lot of praise. I loved it. I sat down and watched, I think it was 47 minutes of it and it just flew in. Pico playing with dogs was another great moment as well. <laughs> Big dog lover. Um, just randomly bumping into people involved <laughs> with mental health and stuff like that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Such a good initiative and fair play to everybody involved. Oh, I am buzzing for the next one. I really can't wait. Yeah, this series is absolutely fantastic. Uh, can't wait to see more of these. And finally, Gert, members meeting 8pm on Wednesday, which is actually yesterday as you're hearing this. So I'm a member. Hopefully it went well. So yeah, we wonder what could have happened. So, but, meeting in the club Wednesday, club in turmoil Saturday. DeLorean is leaving from four <laughs> provinces. Um, yeah, so it's a big one, Prof. It is massive this week. I am buzzing, absolutely buzzing for this derby. I really am. I am buzzing again to the South Sand. Cannot wait. Prof, it's time for these players. They can etch their names in history and they could possibly live forever. Maybe I don't really want to know How you got in gross Cause I just want to fly 
lately Did you ever feel the pain In the morning rain As it soaks you to the bone And maybe I just wanna fly Wanna live, I don't wanna die Maybe I just wanna breathe Maybe I just don't believe Maybe you're the same as me We see things I'll never see Same as me.